Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, and it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. So this is a parable that Jesus is telling to let us know what Christianity is like, okay? So the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents. To another two, somebody say two. And to another one. Look at the person next to you and say, are you a one-talent person? Come on. <laughs> oh, it's, look, we're having fun. Look, ask, throw some shade on it. Just say, you look like a one-talent person. You, you know, you're definitely not a five. You're definitely not. No, you, you a one-talent. <laughs> you know, it's so good to be nice, but it's so much more fun to be mean. I mean... To the one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each, watch, here, here's the big verse. Each according to his own ability. God will give you what you can handle. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Now, this was a time in Jewish history where inflation was not 13% and gas was not $5 a gallon because you ain't doubling your money in today's economy. <laughs> but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. Now, my rhythm, if you've been here for a while, is I read the opening verse, then I pray, then I preach. But I got to preach this for a second. A lot of people miss the fact or the part of our Christianity that Jesus is returning to settle accounts. We, we got the part where I believe in Jesus, he forgives me of my sins, and I get to go to heaven. But we miss the part where he returns and says, what did you do with what I gave you? We have a God that wants a return on his investment. And a lot of people, nobody at Union Church, because you ain't going to get caught if you come to my church, but a lot of people are going to get caught in heaven. And he's going to say, what did you do with Jesus? I, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Great. What did you do with the gifts I gave him? Huh? What? I didn't know you were going to ask me that. He's going to ask you, what did you do with everything I put inside of you? And don't be up there like, I, well, I, well, there was this, this one sermon series, but I wasn't really listening, so I don't Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful for this moment. God, let us never be cavalier with the fact that you're here. This is not just a rainy Sunday. It's not a day that we finally got all the kids dressed and in church on time. This is a collision between heaven and earth. This is a moment of miracles. God, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that has sickness in their body, God, I command healing in the name of Jesus. God, those who are tormented by anxiety, by fear, by depression, peace in the name of Jesus. God, those that are distracted because of some worry or problem that, God, I command that that peace that surpasses all understanding would guard their heart and guard their mind. God, speak to us in this moment in a way that only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Y'all ready to go? How many people?
people, you, 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 you would say you're one of those people that you lose things. You, you just, you would, you, you would lose your last name if you didn't know how to keep up. Come on, just be proud, be proud. It's, you're probably creative and you got other great strengths. Just holding on to things. How, how many people, you don't lose anything? Come on, just, you just, and you're mad at the person sitting next to you because they lost something that you bought them. It's just... It's just, I'm, I, I am, I'm the latter. I'm, I'm one of those people where I just, I just don't, I don't lose things. Now, one of the things that I try to do is I try to trick y'all and to make y'all think that I'm normal, that I'm not weird or anything like that. So I get up here and I kind of try to do my best. Somebody say, you're not doing, we know you're weird. I'm, I'm, a, I'm. A little weird, y'all. I'm, I'm with some people might say uh, obsessive, OCD, or whatever. Many. I'm just one of those people where I just, I just have my way of doing things, and I do it that way every single day, all day. So, for example, I, when I come home, my car keys and my wallet go in the same place every single day. I walk through the door, not one inch to the right, inch to the left. This is my spot where my car keys go, where my wallet goes. I have a spot in my office where I walk in the office, take my keys out, put my wallet down. It goes into, maybe it's because I know I can lose things that I'm like, if I don't have a formula, you may not know this. I've got a spot in your house. I've never even been to your house, but promise you, I come to your house. My keys, I'm going to find somewhere, keys, wallet. I just, I just, I just don't, come on, let me be like that. You just, you just don't lose things, which is why when you lose something, oh, it's gone forever. First of all, when I lose something, I instantly call the police. Somebody stole it. Somebody stole it because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't lose things. And when the police come and say, well, there's no sign of breaking and it wasn't stolen, then it doesn't even make sense to look. It's gone. It's gone forever because I just, I'm just not one of those people where I, I lose things. And that's why one, one time I lost my car keys. It's funny, somebody who doesn't lose things, like, well, it's kind of a big deal to, to lose. I, I was at my dad's house. It was Thanksgiving, and I have five siblings. Everybody's married. So it's like, I mean, just a party. It's just people everywhere, noise, just loud, ignorant Caribbean people. It's just wild. So we, we I mean, we, we have a, a party. Uh, by, by the way, when you, when you post your Thanksgiving meal at one in the afternoon, just know I'm laughing at you. Thanksgiving doesn't begin until like 7 p.m. Like, hasn't even started yet. Like, I don't even know how to eat a Thanksgiving meal until 9 p.m. Like, that, that's when we're just pulling the turkey out the oven, and it's like, okay, now, now we can eat. I remember that one Thanksgiving, we, we ate, it was probably like 11 o'clock at night, dessert, we had just a blast, and, and everybody's kind of packing up and getting ready to head on out, and I went to the spot where my keys and wallet always is. And it wasn't there. Was I worried? No. Because everybody knows you have two spots. You have the spot where you normally put it, and then the other spot where you put it if you didn't normally put it where you put it. So I go to my jacket pocket, and I put my, just confident, just, must not be my jacket. Looks like my jacket. Smells like my jacket. It's my jacket. My car keys aren't in my, y'all, I'm freaking out because I don't lose things. And I can't get home without my car. The next three, it was 1 a.m. where I finally surrendered and said, it's because the sun is down. It's dark. That's why I can't find it. As soon as the sun comes, because somebody dropped me home. And so I'll come back in the morning. I'll find my car keys. I come back the next morning. Y'all, I flipped my dad's house like it was a drug house. I'm cutting through cushions. I'm just like, where the contraband at? It's some. 
I, I don't lose things. Yo, one day turns to two days in. I'm like, okay, it's gone forever. I go to another car dealership. Hey, I lost my car keys. Here's my title. I need to order another key. They said, great, $300. I'm going to go find this car key. This 300 what? It ain't even a nice car. <laughs> By the third day, at this point, y'all, I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm nauseous. I'm just like, this is the worst. And then here comes my dad. And you got to understand my dad. One day I'm going to let him preach so he can clean up all these stories. He, he is a man of God. He loves God. He's filled with the spirit of God most of the time. But there's some time where he's just operating in his carnal flesh. And this was one of those moments. Pops comes up and he said, hey, I'll find your car keys for $100. (laughs) Nothing like family to kick you when you're down, right? I'm like, $100? He said, the way I see it is you got a $200 discount. The dealer charged you $300. I'm only charging you $100. I'm like, you stole my keys. I'm like, you didn't steal my keys. I need to steal your keys. And like, then how are you so confident that you're going to find them? He said, I just will. (laughs) I said, no, I'll walk first. (laughs) I paid him $100 the next day. (laughs) Y'all, he found my keys in one hour. I'm like, oh, you stole them. (laughs) He goes, no, I just have a brain. (laughs) I'm like, well, I got mine from you. So, but... (laughs) He said, no, no, I just thought you played football for like three minutes outside in the front lawn with your brothers, and maybe they fell out of your pocket. I went out front. Guess where I found your car keys? In the front. Y'all like, well, maybe he does lose stuff, because that's not that bright. Here's the thought that crossed my mind. I have a vehicle out front, perfectly operatable, has horsepower, has an empty tank of gas, but it could get me home. But all this potential, completely useless, because I'm missing a $300 key. Car worth thousands of dollars, but probably one of the cheapest parts of the car is the biggest key to it. Here's the thought as we embark on this conversation today. You have potential. You have greatness. God has an amazing future for you. But there is a key that unlocks everything that God has placed inside of you. And without that key, you're going. No, write this down, write this down, write this down. You have the key to greatness. You have the key to greatness. Here's what a lot of people do not realize. There is something about you that is what I call your unique genius. There is something that you can do that it comes naturally to you. Everybody else has to put effort in. There's something that you do when you do it, it's better than when other people do it. And they're sweating and throwing their back out doing it. And you're doing it while you're scrolling on your phone. It's it's your God-given gifting, your ability. It's your advantage. It's your key to the purpose and the destiny that God has for you. For some people, you're gifted. You're just gifted in connecting with people. You walk into a room, and 30 minutes later, everybody's your best friend. When I walk into a room, I assume everybody's weird. And 30 minutes later... Everybody has validated my fear 
Y'all all weird. I, I, I was around one, one of my mentors. He, he, he's just a connector. He, he, he's just gifted at making people feel seen. And he, he was talking to this individual. I'm just standing there just like the third wheel. Like I'm just like eavesdropping on conversation. He's t- Next thing I know, he puts his hand on my shoulder. And it was this unspoken, I see you. I was like, he sees me. I feel seen. I feel important. It's just like, I see you. No, I'm not talking to you because I'm talking to this individual, but I'm also not ignoring you because I want you to know that you matter and you're important. So guess what I started doing? (laughs) I see you. And it just doesn't kind of have the same effect. Some of you, you're gifted in an area where you can take complex things and make them simple. You, you, you can take charts and data and, and, and a whole bunch of information and you can just break it down in a way that other people can. Some of you, you're a gifted problem solver. You run into a problem and you see 15 different solutions. Your coworker is in the fetal position under their desk. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job today. You're like, are you kidding me? There's 17 ways out of this. Do this, do that, do this, or do that. Anyone will work. Your gift here's the problem with being gifted it doesn't feel like a gifting to the gifted I'm not that gifted you're gifted but you don't know you're gifted because your gifting is natural to you do you know LeBron James the greatest basketball player ever to walk the planet of the earth I'm under the anointing right now does not feel like LeBron James. We see him as a great athlete. He says, I'm just me. Oh my gosh, you're six foot 10, 240 and is agile. Agile if you're six foot and 160. How do you do that? Well, I wake up in the morning, put my clothes on, and I walk out the door and I'm just me. What is he, 50 years old? <laughs> Playing like it's his sophomore year. Is it just, 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 me. You, you think Leonardo da Vinci felt gifted? Most of the greatest artists that we celebrate in history weren't celebrated until after they passed away. He, Leonardo didn't walk around that I'm the greatest artist there ever was. He just walked around saying, I got to get everything that's in me out. Wow, look at this chapel. That's pretty cool. And it's not until when you're gifted, you don't feel. Do you know the greatest singer ever to live? Celine Dion. Y'all are learning a lot about me today. <laughs> the, the, the judgment that I just sensed, the, the hatred, the, and he calls himself a man of God. How, how can I follow this guy? Like, clearly he doesn't hear from God. Do you think she thinks she's an amazing singer? No, I mean, she knows it, but she doesn't feel like it. Why? Because gifting doesn't feel like a gifting to the gifted. It just feels like this is me. Matter of fact, sometimes the only way you'll know you're gifted is when you do something that somebody else does and you don't get the same results. And you're like, I thought that was, that wasn't clearly, that wasn't easy for you. It was easy for me. Maybe I'm, and as much as I'm preaching this, the majority of you still don't feel gifted. Just me. Working, going to work, raising my kids, loving my spouse, Loving my grandkids, I'm just, I'm just not realizing 
that there is supernatural gifting from God buried on the inside of you that sets you. It, you know, when you have one fingerprint and your fingerprint is unlike anybody else, your fingerprint is not the only thing that sets you apart. There's gifting on the. How do you? Why are you so confident? I'm confident that you're gifted because I know who your God is. And because I know the care, watch this. God has a great future for you. Somebody say amen. amen. How cruel would it be to have great expectations from someone but not put greatness in them? God said in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. How cruel would it be if God has a great future for you, but did not give you the gifting that you need to accomplish that future? If there's greatness ahead of you, there's greatness in you. How else do I know that you're gifted? Well, because the Bible says so. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16 says this, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great Man, read it this way. The gifts that God's given you, watch this. It enlarges your life. Your, your, your gifting will bring you to places that, how did I get here? You know, Friday I'm walking in Good Morning America. Michael Strahan's just walking through the hallway. I'm just like, how did I get here? I, I, I do I do my show. One of my favorite TV shows is Shark Tank. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's all these people up there pitching their show or whatever. I do my segment. Yeah. Did y'all see Good Morning Friday? Yo. I was up there for 30 seconds. It's like, hey, this is Steven. Now we're going to commercial break. And I'm just like, wait, I have more to say. <laughs> Camera shuts. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> right, kick me out the door. And they're like, whoa, the, the sharks from Shark Tank are on the next episode. Well, I was like, I just, I just want to sit in the green room and, and watch this. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching them and all kinds of stuff. Next thing I know, the producer walks in the room and said, hey, would you like to meet the sharks? Now, I promise I'm going to tell you how humble I am at the end of the series, but you, you got to have a little confidence about you. So I said, oh, the sharks want to meet me? I mean, <laughs> I guess, I mean, I was on my way out to my next appointment, but uh, I guess I have three minutes for him. Come on, bring him, bring him. Come on, fellas, we can take a picture. Come on, come on, come on. Good day. Act like you've been there before. Your gifts will bring you to places where you're like, how did I get here? But if you don't know what your gifting is, you'll live a small life. And even worse, you'll blame God for it. God didn't make me an out front person. And God, I'm just, I'm, no, no. We, we, we take too much pride in our faithfulness. And enough pride in our fruitfulness. You, 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 you have, why do a lot of people not discover the giftings? And by the way, you don't just have one gift. God's given you multiple giftings. Why don't people discover the gifting? Here's one reason. Because we waste a lot of our times coveting gifts that God did not give us. We spend a lot of our time saying, I want to be gifted in this area. And here's what you got to understand. You don't pick your gift. Your gift picks you. Or actually, God picks the gift that he has for you. He gives you what you need so that you can accomplish your purpose here on earth. One of my favorite things to watch is American Idol. I only like like the first three episodes. And the reason why I watch it is because it reminds me of the importance of Connect Group. 
How do you make that connection? Well, because as I watch the first three episodes, I see all these people that are clearly not in a connect group. How do you know they're not in a connect group? Because they have no friends. How do you have no friends? Did you talk to them? No. I know they don't have any friends because if they had friends, one of their friends would have told them. They have no friends. At least no one who's... It's not your gifting, boo-boo. This it's ain't you. And I, I just love it. I, you know, gifted people are amazing, but ungifted people are even funnier. They, they walk up like, what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing Whitney Houston. No. I mean, Grammy Award winners have struck out singing Whitney. Don't do that. They go, and I'm like, You would not believe how many people, can I say hell-bent in church? Is that wrong? Are hell-bent on being gifted at something that God did not gift you at. And you're coveting that gifting. And God said, that's not for you. This is your key to all that I have for you. Stop trying to force a round peg through a square hole. Come on now. Some of the greatest things you can do is quit. Oh, we don't preach that in church, do we? Stay in the chorus. Stay faithful. You're not going to be overnight. Like that. No, quit. <laughs> Stop doing that. That's not your gifting. Go find out what it is. Here's another reason why people don't discover what their gift is, is because they're too busy being jealous of somebody else's gift. I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching to you. I'm just preaching with you. I told you before. One day I'm going to let my, my, my older sister, who's a phenomenal preacher, one day I'm going to let her preach, and she's going to come in once again refute all my stories. But uh, I, you've heard me talk about her before. She is this extrovert, this larger than life. You walk in the room with her, you feel like you are her best friend. Then you got me introvert. I, I was saying on Monday that I need to meet more people to be an introvert. I haven't quite got to the introvert level yet. I got to become more social to be an introvert. And I spent a lot of my life saying, I wish I was that social. I wish I had that charisma. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish not realizing that because as an introvert, I'm able to connect with people on a one-on-one -on -one level, a way that extroverts are not because you're too busy connecting with everybody. And because I can see people and connect with people, I'm able to preach in front of thousands and act like it's just one-on-one. -on -one. God gifted me for my calling, but I wasted a lot of my teenage and early 20s coveting something that I did not need to accomplish what he called me to accomplish. In this passage in Matthew chapter 25, the Bible says that that rich ruler, he gave one five talents, he gave one two talents, and he gave one one talent. The five talent doubled his, the two talent doubled his, the one talent buried his. Why did he bury it? I think this is why he buried his talent. He looked over at five talents. He said, whoa, five. That's a lot. I don't know why anybody needs that much. <laughs> if he loses one, he still has four. He won't get in too much trouble. Then he looked over at two. Oh, he got two talents. That's a lot. Man, he could lose a whole talent and still have one left. And then he looked at his one talent. I can't mess up with this. If I lose this talent, 
I'm going to have nothing to show. Let me not worry about growing it. Let me just worry about not messing it. Looking at other people's talent made him despise the one that was in his hand. A talent is a word, a measurement for gold, money, wealth. A talent would be equivalent to dollar or yen or euro or whatever it may be. Do you know what one talent represents in 2022? $1.9 million. Remember earlier in the service, we looked at this and we said, are you a one-talent servant? I will be a one-talent servant. Sign me up. He had $1.9 million to steward. How many people you could do something with $1.9 million? I, I can grow that. I find me a Chick-fil-A to buy. I'm going to do something. I, I grow this. But why did he look at $1.9 as if it wasn't enough to do anything with? Because he looked at $10 million and said, it's not, not 1.9. And he looked at 4 million and said, it's not 1.9. I can't do, compared to others, I may not be able to. But he didn't ask me to compare myself to others. He said, look at what's in your hand and build it and grow. So somebody asked me, how, how do I know if I'm a one talent, a two talent, or a five talent? Here's my answer to you. It doesn't matter. Whatever you've got is from God, and it's a lot, and it will take you to places that you never thought. Look, look, look at your neighbor and say, work what your mama gave you. Come on, just, 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 just. That, that guy be in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Another reason why people don't recognize the gifts inside of them is because life has buried it. You know, it's really difficult to think about being gifted when you're battling cancer. It's really difficult to think about being gifted when the people that were supposed to be in your life have walked out one after another. It's difficult to think about being gifted when you bury your child when that should never happen. And life has a way of just piling up and piling up and sucking your breath out of you. So you're like, I, just to be honest with you, some of y'all, this message is offensive. Because you're like, Pastor, I fought so hard just to get back to zero. And now you're telling me it's not good enough? That I got to keep on searching for my gifting? I was reading about these ships of gold back in the 1700s that would sail from Cuba and different places in the Caribbean. And July 31st, 1715, a, a, a fleet of 11 ships sailing to Spain from Havana, Cuba, were hit by a hurricane and sunk off the coast of West Palm Beach. After I'm finished preaching this message, I'm going to West Palm Beach. <laughs> These 11 ships were holding $450 million worth of gold and silver. And it sunk to the bottom of the Atlantic. I didn't know this. Do you know there's companies that are like salvage diving companies and they can actually buy shipwrecks where you're not allowed to dive on their shipwreck because this is their shipwreck? Well, a company owns it and up to 2015 so far, they had found $4.5 million worth of gold on the bottom of the ocean that had sunk over 300 years ago. Question for you. Is it true that the longer that gold is down there, the less it's worth? No. 
it, it's been down there so long, it has no value. No, 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 no. It's actually probably worth more the longer it sits down there because now it's historic and rare and all this other kind of stuff. Yes, life might have beaten you up a little bit and you've been through some things and, and it took you a while to fight by, by the power of God and the presence of God. But I have a question for you. Are you going to allow all that sunken treasure that is inside of your life to lay there dormant or are you going to go through the work to dig it up? Because it actually may be worth more now that you've been through something than it was before. Hey, a million dollars is worth a lot today, but it's worth even more to somebody who's filed bankruptcy. Because now it means something that I'm in a place that I never thought I would ever see myself in. My God is a restorer. Write this down. You must unearth your key. You must, un Here, here's the thing, because most people do not know what their gifting is, they pick jobs that are not in alignment with the way that God made them. And thus you're working a J-O-B instead of living out your calling. That's why you walk into work on Monday, oh God, it's Monday. And you run out of that building at 4.55 on Friday. Thank God it's Friday because you're working a job. Now, here's what your job was always supposed to be by God. It was supposed to be a place where you're living out all the giftings that he's placing. It doesn't feel like an eight-hour workday when you're living out your gifting. Just because we're having fun and preaching Bible, do you know God put Adam to work before sin entered the world? Which means work is not a byproduct of a fallen earth. It's actually God's plan for you to live out your purpose here on earth. There's an amazing book called Thou Shalt Prosper, written by a rabbi, Lapin. And he said, here's why Jewish people make up less than 2% of the world's population, but yet possess more than 20% of the world's wealth. He said, because from the beginning of time when we were God's people and we've always been raised that our work is not our work, our work is our ministry. It is our ability to be a blessing to society. If I'm a seamstress, this is how I bless society. If I'm a teacher, this is how I bless society. If I'm a lawyer, doctor, attorney, whatever it may be. And here's what they said. Our salary is not just a payment for our work. Our salary is people saying how much of a blessing we were to them. Oh, this is, oh, I'm getting in trouble answering that, but it's the book. It's not Stephen. I didn't say this. I'm just repeating it. So they said, if I have a small salary, I must not be a large blessing. Hmm? And I've got to figure out how to be a better blessing to society because society will always thank those that are. A... My income, part of it is because I've got to discover my, my gifting. Why? Y'all got real quiet because you start thinking about your salary. You're like, well, well, dang, I guess America ain't that grateful for me. Well, Shoot, we gotta go figure this out. <laughs> Told you, you ain't gonna like me by the end of this message. Why is it so hard to figure out what your gifting is? Why? One, because life be life in. And it doesn't leave a lot of margin to think about what God's placed inside of you. To make matters worse, God has hidden your gift from you. That's messed up. Like, look, I'm gonna put a gift inside of you, but I'm gonna hide it and make sure you can't find it. 
kind of, it was Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse two, it is the glory of God to, cons- it, God gets kicks and giggles out of hiding things from you. Like my one-year-old Jay girl in my TV remote. What's wrong with He said, it's, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Why would God hide your gifts from you? Because if you find your gift before you find him, the gift that was designed to be a blessing to you will destroy you. Come on now. You see it all the time. Somebody that discovers their gifting before they discover character. Somebody who discovers I'm a great singer, but they haven't discovered humility. And their gift grows so big and their character is so underdeveloped that what God designed to bless them actually destroys everything that they care about. God says in Jeremiah 29, 13, and you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. God says, I have great giftings inside of you, but I need you to find me first because when you find me, that gift will be a blessing to you and to everybody around you. But when you don't find me, that gift will be a curse to you and everybody. You've heard me say this before. All great communicators can be great manipulators if that gift is not surrendered to the presence of God. Here's some clues. How do I find my gift? Here's one thought. What do people love to receive from you? Just think about what a gift is. A gift is something that you give away. Anybody ever given you a gift that you didn't want? What do you say? Wow. You're speechless, huh? I'm speechless. This battery-operated heated sweater you got me with the lights. You'll never be cold again. Yes, I will, because I'm never going to wear this thing. What do you think? Wow, you, you shouldn't have. If when you give your gift away, You sing, and when you're done, everybody's like, wow, you shouldn't have. No, please stop. It's not your gift. When I cook for people, they're nourished. They won't die. They don't ask for seconds. Never in my life has anybody asked me where I got the recipe from. Except for once, and it went kind of like this. Where, where'd you get this recipe from? How, how do I know? My gift? What do people constantly want from me? Here's why. Because people will see gifting in you before you see it in you. Because you think it's normal. They're like, how did you do that? What, what are people, I remember being 16, working at Foot Locker, and my manager, who was close to 30, are bringing life issues to, how do I figure out this? What do I do here? How, what about this? And I didn't know I had the gift of wisdom at 16. But people around me saw it in me, and as they kept coming to me for the same thing, I said, well, maybe everybody doesn't think like this. Maybe it is, is a gifting. Dr. Maxwell said this. He said, if you want to know how gifted you are, just look to see how long the line is. If there's no line, if it's just your mama and your grandma, 
the line is wrapped around the building for the way that you crunch numbers, for the way that you connect with people, for the way that you think of ideas or create or whatever, interior design, then that is your... How much will they pay you for your gift? You ever been in the mall and they have the free gifts at the door? Are you like me? I'm, I'm a wounded person. I don't want that. What you want? I don't need no credit card. What you trying to sell me? I don't need your little free gift. I'm good. You're not really excited about free gifts because they're worth what you paid for them. I want the gift that's in the glass. You know the one where they tuck the price tag under it so you can't see without asking somebody to unlock it? Like, ooh, what's that? What? No, 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 no. If someone's not paying you for your gift, y'all, it's a hobby. It's not something to give your life to. I'm having fun. Y'all might not be having fun. Keep going. Somebody says, keep going, keep going, keep going. Do gifted people think you're gifted? How, how do I know what my gift? You, you ever, I, I, I hate to pick on worship so much, but it's the arts that's easy to identify the gifts. And that's why for those of us who are not artistic, we're like, oh, I'm not uh, gifted because I can't sing like that person and do this or do that, whatever it may be. I'm off on a rabbit trail. Anyway, you ever seen singers watch singers? Not uh, those of us who can't sing. We impress with anybody. We don't know auto-tune from, we don't, we just, it's just all oh, that's amazing. But you ever see a singer watch a singer? Or somebody up there singing, you know how they be when they sing. Like, do you smell something? Like, what is, what is, and all the other singers, by the way, they need to be worshiping Jesus, but they're not. They're just like, oh, 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 ah. like, are they on fire? What is going on? I think, I think they say game recognize game. Is that, is that, is that what it is? When someone who's gifted sees somebody else who's gifted, they're just like, wow. How do gifted people respond to your gifting? That's going to be a clue. Hey, this, where do you see God's favor? What, what is it that when you do it, you put in natural efforts, but you get supernatural results? You, you put the same amount of work in as the other person, but you got exponentially better results. I, I, I promise you, I am not as humble as you think I am. I'm also not as arrogant as you think I am. So pray for you, Pastor. But it, it happens so often. I'll preach a message and I'll go run into people and go, oh, Pastor, that message was amazing. And I'll say, it was, wasn't it? And you've got to understand, when you say, Pastor, it was a great message, and I respond by saying, it was a great message, that's not arrogance. It's shock. I am as surprised as you are. <laughs> that was good. I was like, wow, that was good. How did that happen? Now, you may think that's arrogance. The only reason you think that's arrogance is because you don't know what my sermon notes say. But my sermon notes do not say what I said. I got my notes, but when I preach it, I, you ever heard me say amen to myself? It's not arrogance. It's, it's wow, that was good. I should say that the next service. <laughs> Write that down. I'm going to add that to the message. It ain't in there, but I'm going Why? Because when you're doing what God has called you to do, he will take your natural. He'll put supernatural results on the top of it, and you will be as shocked as other. How, how do I know? I'm like, what are you obsessed over? When you walk into a room, what captures your attention? Oh, I'm, I'm, I have an engineer's mind. I love process and steps and all that. Other, and I just cannot turn it off. 
They'll go to a restaurant with my wife and it irritates the life out of her. They'll, they'll sit us down and then they'll, they'll bring the menus and they'll come. And I'll just say, well, it'd be a lot faster if they just brought the menus the same time they brought us to the seat and the dessert menu. They could have saved 30 seconds. <laughs> She's like, can you just chill out? No, I can't. What can you not turn off? What do you notice in every room that you are? What frustrates the life out of you? Those are all clues to what your gifting is. Last thing, write this down. Sean, I don't know where you are, but if you play, I'll pretend like I'm going to end. All right. Here's a big one. Your key requires some assembly. This is one of the biggest misnomers, and it's why most people think they're not gifted. Because you think to be gifted means that I don't have to put any work into it. If I was really gifted, I wouldn't have to practice. If I was really gifted, it wouldn't take me this long to perfect it. Why is it that the greatest athletes pay the most money for coaches? Not, not the coach of their team. I'm talking about the off-season coach that they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to up their speed and up their weight and up. Why is it that the greatest singers pay for vocal coaches? And Stephen Chandler, who's a great singer, has never paid. Coach me. I don't need a coach. Got this. Come on now. Here, here, here. There's a lot that the Bible tells us, but there's a lot that the Bible does not tell us. And in this story in Matthew 25, you have five talent, two talent, and one talent. You know what it does not tell us? How old they were. We assume that they were all the same age. But let's just say five talent was 50, two talent was 40, and one talent was 26. Makes sense. No offense if you're 26, but if I got a 50-year-old and a 26-year-old and I'm leaving my money, it ain't going to be with the 26-year-old. I just give you enough to not make you feel bad, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't tell us, is this the first time that that ruler left? Can I, this is not Bible, this is just Stephen. Can I, can I push this story a little bit? What if 15 years ago, the five-talent servant was a one-talent servant? And the ruler left before the one talent guy even got hired. And 15 years ago, he took that one talent and turned it into two. And then five years later, he took the two talent and he turned it into four. Well, it makes sense that now he's given five to turn into ten. And you assume that God gave him five when he was born. Was he born with five or did he develop one and grow it into five? It says when that master comes back, the five that turned it into ten, he said, you get to keep all your ten. Well done. Another translation implies that he gave them ten cities to rule. The one who took two, he turned it into four. He said, well done. Keep it all. The one who took one and buried it, he said, at least you could have taken it to a bank and getting 0.0001% interest on my money. You're laughing. That's a lot of money on $1.9 million. He said, you lost me $19,000. And he took from the one, didn't give it to the one with four. He gave it to the one who had ten. Because the Bible says, they that have, more will be given to them. And they who don't have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. 
Luke 16, 10. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little, God says mismanaging your giftings is dishonesty. He said if you're dishonest, pretending like you don't have a gift is duplicit. Acting normal is a lie. He said, but if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. I want to be great. Awesome. For today, just be small. And today, be the best small person you can be. And you do that, and trust me, you won't be small tomorrow. You'll be a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, and a little bit more influence, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. Let me pray for you. Father God, we are, we're grateful. How crazy is it that you didn't just die on the cross for our sins and then leave us to make it up as we go along? But you said, if you did not spare your own son, how much freely will you not give us all things? God, I pray that this, this journey of discovering our gifting, for many, this journey of discovering our next gifting, God, that it would start in this moment. God, as we pursue you, God, reveal to us what you've placed inside of us. Right where you're sitting with your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you could pray this prayer with me, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I'm all right if you don't like me, but I hope this got you thinking. What is it that God, what's, what's the God imprint that he's placed inside of me? Do I know it? And am I maximizing it? As I said earlier, God will hide your gift from you because he wants you to know him before you know what he's placed inside of you. And there's some of you in this room watching online all over this state. And if you were to be honest, you would say, I'm pursuing greatness more than I'm pursuing God. I want to know what makes me special more than I want to know the God who made me and hear me. You're starting out out of order. You've got to make a decision right now. that I want Jesus to be the center of all that I am. I don't just want to find my future. I want to be able to keep it. And that won't happen without the Lord of Lord in my life. So that's you and you said, hey, I'm ready to make that decision. You can pray this prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up or come up front. This is a divine moment between you and God as you open your heart to him. Wherever you are, pray this prayer. Say, Lord, thank you for giving me the greatest gift ever. And that's your life on a cross so that I can live, so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be brand new. Today, right now. I give you all of me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate for...